Blog Talk Radio. Monday, December the 9th. I'm your host, Lisa M. Saunders, coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, as I will be doing every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This broadcast is being sponsored by Masterminds, LLC, inspiring and empowering people to achieve a greater destiny, and Angels in Disguises Foundation, Incorporated. Once again, we have another very special show for you this evening, and I am so pleased to have co-hosting with me today Ms. Angel Kangalee. Angel is the founder and CEO of Angels in Disguises Incorporated, which is a nonprofit organization that specializes in making a difference in the lives of people suffering from HIV-AIDS in Africa by raising money to improve health care and quality of life. And A Date with Destiny is so excited and pleased to have her joining us uh, again to sit in and chat with our guests. So hello, Angel. How are you this evening? I'm fine, Lisa. I'm doing great. I'm just really excited, and I have been looking forward to this show um, for the last couple of weeks, so I can't wait. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, and, and, and we have our guest. He's, he's sitting there just waiting for us to bring him in, so um, we are super excited about our show this evening, and sharing with us um, is the author of the book, Messages from Margaret, Mr. Jerry Gavin. This radio podcast can be found by visiting your iTunes store. Just click on podcast and type in a date with destiny. And also follow us on Twitter at Lise, L-Y-S-E-101. That's L-Y-S-E-101. You can also send me a message through this site if you would like to become a sponsor or to get more exposure for your literary work or business. You can send a message through my Facebook page, facebook.com, forward slash a date with destiny 101 or you can leave a message via my website info at your destiny so angel once again we are just gonna we're excited uh so excited about our guest this evening ever since uh, i got word that he was coming on um this is right up our alley uh especially by the two of us being um into reiki um, and we have our own healing uh, ministry as well. So, and we also believe in angels. Oh my gosh, yes. we we talk yes, about this too. all the time. Um, we channel our angels. Um, we just, you know, we love our angels, and I just can't wait to just delve more into the topic with Jerry tonight. So I'm just going to go ahead with a, with his introduction. Jerry Gavin is a speaker, a life coach, medium, and creator 
of the Very Successful Angels and Shamans Workshop, which puts participants in direct communication with their angels and guides. He has worked as a communication and empowerment specialist for more than 20 years, using a combination of modern therapeutic techniques and ancient shamanic practices to teach individuals how to listen to their body, mind, uh, and spirit, and help them reach their full potential. So A Date with Destiny would like to now welcome Mr. Jerry Gavin to the show. Hello, Jerry. How are you this evening? I am great. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Angel. How are you? Hi. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure well, isn't it, for us to be here. <laughs> yes, isn't it? So and isn't I'm it so excited. appropriate that we have um, an angel on the show with us this evening, a literal angel with us, Jerry? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I actually thought that when, when I was in the queue and I heard you talking to Angel, and I, I, it did make me smile because I thought, wow, how much more perfect could that be? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So we are so honored to have you share with us, Jerry, this evening, and we have a lot of ground to cover. So I just just want to jump right in there uh, by first congratulating you on your book, Messages from yes, Margaret. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And um, if you could please share with our listening audience about who Margaret is and how the idea for your book came about. Um, well, Margaret is an angel. Uh, she is an angel that identified herself as my um, guardian angel, but also an angel who's um, specialty, if you will, or or major power, if you will, uh, deals in the area of communication. And um, for for listeners, I, I'm assuming most listeners probably listening to your show are kind of open to this concept. But for folks who might even still be a little kind of on the fence about angels, for me, 20 years ago or a little over 20 years ago, if you had said to me that I would be doing your show tonight, I would have just laughed hysterically and thought that was the funniest <laughs> idea in the world. Right. That was not something um, that at any point then I, I would have thought would have been happening. Um, I was, uh, you know, I mean, I, I grew up, I was raised Catholic, I knew about angels, I did believe that they existed. The thought that mm-hmm. someone could communicate with them to right. me, was a very far-fetched concept. And right, um, right. what changed it drastically, I mean, I, I was pretty much a, a skeptic, if you will. I wasn't a big believer in ghosts or things that were paranormal. And um, I wound up moving into a house, uh, sharing a house with a friend of mine that she had just bought. Uh, she bought the house, broke up with her fiancé right in the same uh, period of time and really needed a way to be able to to help to pay the mortgage, and it was right at a point in time I was looking for a place to share. So it was a beautiful house. I mean, it was one of those center hall colonials with light streaming in, and it just looked like the most perfect house in the world until we were in there for about a month and found that it was so incredibly haunted. Um, wow. Haunted like, you know, when you... When you see things in movies about hauntings, you kind of figure, ah, oh, it's just movie stuff, you know. And it was it was like that, though. I mean, it was like that with voices and breathing that you would hear wow. next to you at nighttime. Things moving around on their own. Um, uh, 
a mist that used to descend the stairs, one room that was actually about 30 or 40 degrees colder than every other room in the house, and this was in the dead of summer. Um, so we didn't know what to do. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, it actually... I didn't even talk about it with my friend for probably about two weeks of having these experiences because I just thought I was losing it. I really thought something something seriously is wrong here. And we finally, one morning I broached the subject and she was thrilled because she had been having a lot of things happen as well. So we started to look into what we could do to, you know, reclaim the house to get this energy back, uh, to get the, the house back. And um, You mean other than move? You, you other said, than no, move. we're going to stay well, you know, here? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, this is, a, this is back, you know, now I actually hear stories about people who who have houses that are haunted houses and they actually go after previous owners and real estate people when this is something that that's known back then if you talked about your house was haunted everybody just kind of laughed at you you know so you know it wasn't something that that anyone would believe and if you walked into the house in the middle of the afternoon and you just kind of walked around and you weren't aware of what was happening you would just think oh these these guys are really being silly so um Mm -hmm. We we sought all the traditional kind of stuff. We actually had a, a local parish priest who was part of our parish come in, and it was actually kind of funny because he we told him the story, and he was very skeptical about it. But he did come to the house, and stood downstairs in the the minor, middle of the center hall and kind of sprayed some holy water around right from that one spot and said, "Okay, you're good." <laughs> wow, <laughs> this will do the trick. And we were like, "Father, it, it's mostly happening upstairs. Did you come upstairs?" And he was like, "No, it'll spread. It's okay. Don't don't worry." About it. <laughs> oh, it's just going to spread, right? <laughs> so, so we, oh we realized we realized very soon after that we were going to have to do something more. And it and it, you know we didn't you don't know who you could talk to. And it, right, and it was funny. Right. I, I I talked to, I, I finally decided to confide in a, a friend of mine, not thinking that he was going to be able to do anything to help, but he had been one of my oldest friends, so I thought he would at least, you know, listen to me. And um, the funny part is he had, my friend had been in therapy for, for years and years and years. And uh, when I started the conversation, he said to me, Jerry, you really should speak to my therapist. And I said, no, I'm not crazy. This really is going on. And he goes, no, no, that's not why I'm saying you should talk to my therapist. He says, my therapist also happens to be this incredible psychic. And he said, said, I'm I'm like breezing through therapy now because he said, I can't hide anything. Every time I don't want to talk about something, she's like, well, who's so-and-so and and what's this about? So he said, you should talk to her. And... um, what was kind of amazing is I, I, um, I did call her, and before I even had a chance to tell her what was going on, she asked me what was going on with the house and picked up energy that was in it and said, do me a favor, just grab a pad and a pen and just copy everything I'm going to tell you and began to 
to channel for me um, a ceremony that we needed to perform on three different occasions and and different times, and that this would be something that would help to to clear the energy out of the house. And one of the things that she pointed out is it was very, very important for me to stand at the northern end. There had to be two other people to do it with, and I had to be on the north end. So I didn't ask any questions. I just copied everything down feverishly. And... Um, all, all the while thinking to myself, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and mm-hmm. we we did, my, myself and, and uh, my roommate and my daughter um, all did this um, this ceremony to try to help to, to clear this energy. And um, it was as though the first time we did it, 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 anything and everything that could happen, again, like movies happen, doors just opening and closing, by themselves, furniture drawers opening and closing. The alarm system went off by itself, uh, shut off the alarm, made sure it was off completely. It went off again. I went downstairs and shut off the circuit breaker to the alarm system, and it still went off a third time. Um, so whatever was going on, it did not want to move, that was for sure. Oh, wow. um, and we did this for three different times, and at the end of the third uh, ceremony, um, everyone else felt great and was saying that the house felt great. It seemed as though everything did feel much lighter. And I felt terrible. I felt like, you know, somebody had just beat me up. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, every thing that I touched that was electronic, um, this was pre-cell phone, so I had a beeper back then, and I went through like three beepers and two car batteries and everything that had any kind of a of a battery attachment or an electronic attachment. I just was burning right through. So I called um, the psychic back and asked her, you know, what's going on with me? And she's like, oh, it's okay. It's all very normal. It's just that, remember I told you to stand at the north? You did do that, right? And I said, yeah, I got a compass just like you told me. And she said, well, that was because I wanted you to be there because all of the energy that was leaving passed through you first. I was oh like, well, my. thank you. It's <laughs> like, couldn't you tell you... me that at first? <laughs> exactly. That was exactly my question. And she said, well, you right. know what? I think if I had, first of all, it would have put you in a terrible place of fear, which right. you didn't want to be in, because that's right, all you would right. have been thinking about. And secondly, it was really important for this to happen, because you're going to be doing work in the future where you're really going to need to tell the difference of different kinds of spiritual energy and stuff like that. Wow. And I just was like, no way, no how. I'm done. This is the last work I ever wanted to. <laughs> yeah, because to prior to that, you didn't even have it in your mind right, that absolutely. you would be doing anything like this. Absolutely. So so that okay. was it. I mean, for me, I was just like, check, I'm done. <laughs> you know, can I, can mm-hmm. I leave now? And uh, and the funny part was, um, so my, my, my new roommate and I, at that point, she was making a career move and going to looking to go to massage school. Um, it was a great idea at the time for me as well. I was looking for an additional part-time income. Again, I'm the very, very practical person. We, we found two different schools. One was taught by a very traditional, very traditional massage approach. The other one was taught by uh, a woman who was a, an excellent massage therapist, had been trained at the Swedish Institute, but she also had studied with 
uh, Latin American shamans and Native American shamans and knew a lot of cross-cultural healing stuff. Now, I wanted to go to the more traditional school. Um, My roommate just kept talking me into the other school, and so we did. We went to the other school, and slowly but surely what would happen is she would introduce to the class different um, techniques and ceremonies that were things that were more cross-cultural healing and and not so much just traditional massage. And whenever she would do these things, it would always be me in the class that would have these profound experiences. I mean, Mm -hmm. if she would do an exercise that would would deal with with bear energy and other people would come out of it and they would have these, these lovely, relaxing things that came out of it, I would be the guy who was actually turning into a bear. <laughs> you know? oh, I would wow. feel all this incredible energy coming up and stuff. And I, Angel, Lisa, I fought it tooth and nail, every possible way I could fight it. And the more I fought it, the more extreme it was becoming. And to the point where I finally one day just decided, okay, there's some reason for this. Something, Something's happening. And I, I decided rather than fighting it to try to learn more about it. And that was when I started to study more and more about shamanism, more about um, sh- shamanic journeying and speaking to spirit guides and, and learning about soul retrieval and power retrieval and things of that nature. But what was interesting is although all these different things were happening, Nothing had occurred in terms of angelic communication. There was no instance of any time that I would do journeying that I would come across an angelic entity or anything like that. Um, and what was what was the, the most kind of profound part, I think not just for me, but as it applies to everybody else, was when it actually did happen, when I actually um, met Margaret, it wasn't in a journeying situation. It wasn't in any special spiritual um, uh, type of, of a, um, a ceremony. Or right. right. Mm-hmm. It was actually at a time when I was just going through a really, really rough time in my life. I was very despondent. I was just sitting on my bed. And for some reason, the thought came to my head that, you know, if there were a way that I could communicate with my angel, with an angel, I know there'd be a way that I could figure this stuff out if there just was some way to do it. And I said out loud, you know, if I knew your name, I'd figure out a way to talk to you if you could just tell me your name. And I really wasn't expecting an answer, I think. (laughs) I think I was just venting, kind of like when um, uh, Neil Walsh says in Conversations with God when he's he's yelling at God and God says to him, do you really want to talk to me or are you just venting? It was that that kind of situation. And I, I closed my eyes and it was like seeing this white movie screen in front of my eyes and in bold black letters, the name Margaret. And I opened my eyes. Yeah, it was weird. And I opened my eyes and I'm like, Margaret, what kind of an angel name is Margaret? What name is that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for Ezekiel or... (laughs) Gabriel or, you know, Raphael. (laughs) Something where, like, trumpets are going to go off, you know? And I'm like, no, it couldn't be Margaret. So I close my eyes again. And this time it's like a black screen and white letters, very bold letters, Margaret. 
I opened my eyes. So she was like saying to you, "Look, I said it's Margaret, okay?" (laughs) Exactly, and I'm and I'm still not getting it. I'm still thinking to myself, "Okay, now Jerry, focus. Really, what's the name?" (laughs) So this time I try it one more time, and now it's like, you know, you know when you look at when you're trying to to decide what kind of font you want to use, and you see all those different fonts. It was like that. It was like Margaret written in every type of lettering <laughs> that you could write coming up. Like if, if there could have been lights around it, like Broadway, that's what wow. it would have been like. And uh, at that point, I said, okay, it's Margaret. I get it. Okay. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, yeah. And that kind of led to, well, well what do you do? And um, the thing that, again, popped into my mind was this technique I had actually never tried which was automatic writing, and I had heard about it. Oh, I love the, that, yeah. But you know what? I don't know how you felt about it the first time you heard about it, but the first time mm-hmm. I heard about automatic writing, I thought, that's the silliest thing in the world because you're starting right, a letter right. and you're, you're writing it to somebody else, and then you're writing the letter back. You're going to get everything you want to hear. <laughs> exactly. So I'm writing I'm writing this letter and I'm venting about all the relationship issues that are going on then and the stuff that's happening and how I feel so put upon and how frustrated I am and, you know, why can't they understand, blah, 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 blah. And I start this letter back to myself and I'm feeling so silly in this process, like, what are you doing, you know? And as I start to just let it flow to write it, the first words that I write down is, hello, dear one, and welcome. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's unusual. I've never started a letter right. that way before. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a little bit different. And then it just proceeded to flow. And what amazed me, I mean, I'm, first of all, I was writing faster than I've ever written in my life and no mm-hmm. hand cramps, no problems. And and I'm, what I was getting was this amazing message that somehow – was bypassing my head and all my defensiveness and trying to explain to me how everything that was going on in my life I had created, and it showed me exactly how I created all these situations and showed me exactly how to repair all these situations that I had created. And I, 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 I tried the things, like even in some of the things where she spoke about what was happening with relationships with other people, she said, did it ever dawn on you that this person might be feeling this way or this person might be feeling this way, which are things I hadn't considered. So after I wrote the letter, I decided to to test it out, and I called those people and said, yay, by any chance, could you be feeling this way? You know, I've been thinking about it, you know, and uh, and they're like, yeah, I'm so glad you got that. And in one case, you know, the person said, you know, I couldn't even put in words how I was feeling. I'm amazed that you got it. You know, and and of course I couldn't say, well, I didn't really get it. I was talking to this angel. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes. So, so I took full yes. credit, of course. But but yes, over time, yes. that was how it started. And I would just write letters to Margaret that were letters from myself first, just to sort of understand things, and then. Eventually, I had the courage to to share the information with a a couple of people, you know, a couple of friends who who then shared it with other people, and you know, I started to do what what became known as readings, where I would write a letter on their behalf to Margaret, and Margaret would respond to them to help to answer the questions that they had and 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 help to resolve problems in their lives. 
and and they're never the things with with, with readings with Margaret is they're not like a traditional psychic reading because she doesn't predict because as she always says you first of all for an angel to predict something that would happen in the future totally takes away the concept of free will and we're creating every day we create our future by every single decision we make and every thought we have so what she will do is help someone to understand all of the energetic aspects of things that are happening in your life. All these amazing quantum physics things that she manages to put down in the most down-to-earth, easily understood things so you can understand how your life got to where it is. Um, And that's how it progressed over time. And so for close to 20 years, that's what I've done. the, The major thing that happened in the middle of it was her asking to develop the um, the Angels and Shamans workshop, which wasn't called that at the time. She asked me just to to develop a workshop that would teach other people to communicate with their angels. And I, and I remember asking her at that point, Margaret, I don't even know how I'm doing this. How am I supposed to teach other people how to do it? And she said, just, you know, do what you know, trust what you know, and let the workshop develop, and right. and it will be fine. And, uh, and it was funny because I didn't, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I I went to the right. library, I went to the bookstore, I found every book I could find on angels and anything I could think of to create a workshop. So I took like one from column A and one from column B and put together this right. this, um, this great workshop. And I the only thing that was making me feel any better about the whole idea was that I thought it's okay because no one's going to come to it anyway. Right. to worry about it, you know. <laughs> right, so right, I, right. I put this workshop together. I put a little flyer up, and lo and behold, first time ever, 15 people sign up for it right away. And now you're under this pressure of like, oh my God! <laughs> you know? I have people now. What do I do? Now what am I going to do? I'm telling people I'm going to help them talk to their angels, you know. Right, and it's right. the morning of the workshop. The workshop was on a Sunday. I still remember this like it was yesterday. And I write a note to Margaret that morning, and I said, you know, I was thinking, would you maybe like to deliver a message to the group? Do you want me to write something down now? And is there anything in the workshop I should tweak? And she says, I would love to deliver a message to the group, and I would change everything about the workshop. Oh, my. <laughs> it's like, what? what are you talking about? And she said, none of this workshop is you. None of it is your experience. None of it is what I was speaking to you about is coming from what you know and what you understand. You've kind of called it from everyone else. So the first workshop literally was a total by the seat of your pants workshop. It was uh, it was kind of just But those are the feeling. best kind. Well, you know, it, it, it did actually turn out to be what is like the Angels and Shamans workshop now, but what both is the recording and, and what came on. It was it was a thought of a I, I utilized music and guided imagery and things that were not at all a part of what I had planned to do. And it took this different format, which was starting off from the point of view of recognizing your humanness so that you, the first part was, was grounding you and your body and then energizing and getting rid of any you know stuff that was in your chakras that you didn't need and then removing fear and grief from the heart and then finally bringing you on this journey to, to meet your angel. And each piece was like, 
Um, if you had been there, it was it was so funny because each time I would do one of these exercises, you know how when you go to a workshop, people will say after the exercise is done, so how was that? You know, can, did anybody want to talk about what you got? You right, know, right. and I'm doing this and I'm just petrified that I'm one, you know, one by one people are going to be like, nah, I didn't get anything. How about you? Did you get anything? <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and thank God each time somebody would uh, would That's, respond yeah. by, yeah, this was great. So, so that was the major thing that Margaret had asked, other than you know doing readings up real. until do, yeah. yeah, and that was up until 2010, and then in 2010, after doing a reading for someone else, she said to me. I would really like for you to do something for me, and that is to uh, put together a book of my messages for the world. And oh. I, my, my initial thought was, well, do you mean to go back through other people's messages or to go back through notes or other things? And she said, no, this is an entirely new thing. This is something specifically that is geared towards not individuals per se, although it is meant to reach people on an individual level, but it's it's down-to-earth advice for the world right. in general. Um, so it was a concept that I, I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I just started to to channel the information as, as Margaret was giving it to me. And it took it took the form of, of the book that became Messages for Margaret. In the beginning, it was, was you know, this was channeled um, basically, as I, I was working in New York City, so it was primarily channeled on the bus back and forth between my commute from from New Jersey to, to New York City, which was about an hour and a half bus ride that I took every day. So, you know, I would get on the bus and open up my laptop and just start to to channel the information. And when it was all finished, because it had taken almost a year, um, it seemed tremendously disjointed. I mean, I remember reading it and just being like, oh, my God, this is terrible. <laughs> no one right, would ever right. want to read this. It's awful. Right. Um, and, you know, the story of of the book itself is kind of an interesting thing. And I, I was so excited to hear you guys talking about that you um, – how your involvement is with Reiki because um, – one of the things she talks about in the book is Reiki as well and how how anxious she is to try to get the concept of Reiki out to as many people in the world as possible. Um, but the other messages that came out from the book, um, we really, both myself and Margaret, we wanted it to be able to reach people who are not necessarily familiar with New Age thought or Right. familiar with this so so that the the idea was you know how do we how do we do this how how do i try to edit this book now in a way <clears throat> that it would reach the widest amount of people and um as as miracles will will happen um one day as i'm coming down in an elevator i was talking uh with one of the reporters who worked in the um in the newspaper that i worked in at the time and uh, we're going down, and she was telling me how she was so busy because she was getting married in a few weeks, and she's trying to still put together money for her, her wedding. And I said, well, what, what are you doing? What kind of work you know, are you doing sideline? And she said, oh, I'm editing books. I'm actually a pretty good book editor. <laughs> I was like, hmm. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. Uh, 
and that's <laughs> Megan Finnegan, who became the person who edited the book. And right. Megan was amazing because she came at it with these brand new eyes and looked at the book in its totality and was able to say, Jerry, Margaret says something in Chapter 13 that answers something that was in Chapter 2, and, you know, this and that. And as we went through things together, this whole new book of that was all the original messages but just put right. together in a different way started to right. to take form, you know, like you were molding exactly. a piece of clay that had these these different pieces. And that was how the the book came to be written. And initially the book that you have and this the wonderful um folks at Hay House put out, it was not the original book. The original book came out in in twenty twelve and it was called Messages from Margaret for the year twenty twelve and beyond. And the mm-hmm. first series of messages that she was looking to get out was to dispel all the myths about 2012 because everyone was talking about 2012 right. is going to be the end of the world, end the of the world. Yes. everything uh-huh. bad that was going to happen. So that was the first level of messages that she wanted to put forward. And a lot of, uh, of the other original messages that are in this book were there as well, but there was so much that was focused on, on 2012. And uh, I self-published the book and uh, through Balboa Press, which is a, a division of Hay House. And, um, right. It's so funny. You know, she was still talking about bringing the message to the world. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> how do I get the right, message to right, the right, world? Right. I mean, I, I, so the only thing I could do was to try to get the message out there. And uh, right. one of the first things I did was a, a, a Body, Mind, Spirit Expo here in New Jersey. Um, and I just got in at the last minute. There were like three tables that were left. Two of the tables were, you know, when you go to a big big expo, there are some tables that are in great locations and other tables that are just yes. not the best location. Mm-hmm. So right. the one table that I least wanted to be at was this table that was like near the food court. It was the smallest right. space of any of the spaces. So sometimes when I, <clears throat> I just have really quick questions for Margaret. I'll do them via pendulum and just say, so, Margaret, what do you think? Is this good? You know, get the yes, no, maybe kind of answers. Right. Right. And, you know, I'm asking about these three different booth spaces. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I'm, I have a little bit of a cold, and I'm, I'm just a little raspy. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. So, so the, uh, of course, the booth she keeps saying to, to take is the one that's near the food court. That's the smallest one. And, and I'm like, are you sure? And it's, you know, <laughs> swinging wildly yes. So I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I'll take that one, you know. So I take that booth. And, of course, as as divine planning would have it, um, that Friday night as I'm setting up, there's a young lady from the booth right across from us. And um, she was handling a table for Ariel and uh, Shia Keen, who were also hosts on Blog Talk Radio. They, they're, they're wonderful relationship teachers. And um, I had read their stuff, and they they weren't there, but the woman who was handling their booth picks up my book and, and she said, I don't know why I'm so drawn to this book, but I'm just like, oh, wow. it's like a magnet, you know, and the next morning right. she said she hadn't slept all night and stayed up all night reading the book and loved it so much and had spoken to Ariel and Shia that morning and said, I, you've got to meet this guy, Jerry Gavin, I just really want you guys to meet, I just don't know why, but I think you should meet, and um, 
And we did. And, you know, I gave them a copy of the book, and they gave me a copy of theirs. And, again, you want to talk about feeling silly. The very first time you ever go out with a brand-new book when you've never been an author and you're signing a book for somebody is the silliest feeling in the world. You're like, who the I've heck do I think there, I done that. <laughs> so you know what I mean, right? Yes, you know, yes. that book like, come on, who do I think I am? This is so silly. Yes, you know? yes, but especially yes. signing a book over to them because – I had some of their books at home. I knew who they were. Right. You know? So <laughs> right, I'm like right, all right. tongue-tied talking to them. So about a week later, um, Ariel calls me and says, you know, I haven't had time to read your book, but what I do with books is every day I open it up to a particular part and asking kind of like what could help me with that day. And she says, boy, if the book has not been spot on every time. So she asked me if I would be on their blog talk radio program. Um, which was a great program. It was it was interesting because the show their show is called Being Here, so it's all about being in the moment. So a lot okay. of the program we really weren't talking that much about all this stuff. We really didn't talk a lot about the background of the book or how it came to be or any of these things. We were mostly talking to callers and you know talking about like what would Margaret advise in this sort of a situation or that situation, and a little bit about the book here and there. But here's how miracles are just so amazing. So who happens to be listening to that program but a woman in London who knows Ariel and Shia and knows their work and has met them through through other things, and she turns out to be the woman who sells international rights for Hay House. And she's oh fascinated wow. by what she's hearing, right? Wow. And so she winds up getting a hold of the book and liking it and reaching out directly to Reed Tracy, who's the CEO of Hay House, and saying, yes. you yes. know, Reed, would, would you read this book and see if it'd be something you'd be interested in? Because she felt very confident it was something that that people in Europe would be interested in. Right. So, and I, I found this information out from Reed Tracy after I got this. One day I'm, I'm going through messages on my BlackBerry, and there's this message, and it says, uh, you know, it's from Reed Tracy, and he says, Hi, Jerry, um, Hay House would like to take over the publication of your book, Messages oh from Margaret. Oh, my gosh, what wow. a dream come true. Wow. Yes. You know, <laughs> just, I'll tell you, the funniest part is in the beginning of that, my initial reaction was, who hacked my email? Come on. Right, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is, you know, who, and then I'm trying to figure out, well, who did I know who could have possibly right. hacked my email who would know anything about Reed Tracy? So, exactly. exactly. And he was, he was the one who explained the story about the, how the whole thing came to be. Um, and it has just been such um, – an amazing, amazing ride. Yeah. process. You know, I, I, it's yeah. funny. I did a, um, I did a thing in my hometown, uh, um, a holistic health expo, a couple of weeks back. And as I was meeting people and you know talking about the book and talking about concepts that Margaret talks about, I said, at this point in time, I feel as though I'm like the poster child for the book because mm-hmm. what I did after the book was done is I started following all the advice in the book as to things mm-hmm. that you could do to really help manifest a different future. And mm-hmm. things have just been crazy since then. I mean, the yeah. the publishing of the book to start off with, it, it's now um, it's now being published in six different languages. Um, oh, my God. It's, you know, I'm... 
doing the show on Hey House. I'm getting to be on your show. Well, you know, Jerry, I just have so many questions. First, my first sure. major question to you right now is, is Margaret with us tonight? Is, okay, do you feel her presence? Do you always feel her presence? Or, you know, I just want to know, like, is she around? Um, absolutely. And I, I, I always feel her presence. If you guys would like to um, to interview her directly, it would be no problem to be able to, to channel that oh my to, gosh. to oh speak my to God. you. So that would be fun. <laughs> okay, well, before we get to that part, because I'm, okay. you know what, I, I can't even, I'm so excited right now, so I hope I don't start tripping over my own words. <laughs> because your story is just resonates. Um, when I was reading yeah. your bio, and um, I was so excited because, number one, I also wanted, I dream, and I still do, dream of being a Hay House author, okay? I have a book and all of that, but, and this has been years because I've, I've read up, I know, like, I feel like I know Louise Hay House personally. I don't, but I feel like I do. Um, right, and right. Uh, Wayne Dyer, I just know that one day, because I, I, he's my mentor, he doesn't know it yet, but, you know, he, he is. I've read every book and, you know, but the thing is, when I hear you talk about the miracles and talk Talk about how things, if you just do what you know to do, if you follow your instinct and your intuition, everything always falls into place, everything. And then when you mentioned the, young, the lady who uh, sat across from you at the, the, um, the book fair, and you kept mentioning this one name, which happens to be the name of my angel, Ariel. So wow. I'm like, okay. And then I kept hearing, <laughs> ask about Margaret. Ask about Margaret. Is she present? Is she here with us tonight? So, Angel, I'm going to let you go ahead and ask a question <laughs> if you have one. Um, but let me, before you do that, Angel, why don't you think about your question. But, Jerry, I want to know this. I know for myself, um, by stepping out of my spiritual closet, you know, it's been uh, interesting because it's one of those things where you have um, spiritual experiences that other people who may, you know, uh, when you tell them about your experience, they may look at you like, yeah, you, the people with the white jacket, we got a bed for you somewhere, <laughs> you know, with their padded lock and all of that, you know, and you kind of become skeptical about what it is you saw or this experience that you had. When did you become comfortable enough to really step out there and just say, you know what, I, it is what it is, I know what I know, and, and this is just me? And, and feel like, you know, and, 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 and two, here's part two to that question. Have you found by you sharing and coming out of your spiritual closet that uh, some of the people that used to be your friends or even in your family circle or whatever kind of just drifted away from you because they just didn't understand it? Um, well, you know, it's interesting. That's a great, great question. Um, I think probably it was after the book that I started okay. to because the book was the book was coming out of the closet in such a big way. I mean, you yeah. can't <laughs> you can't you can't deny that fact, you know, when right. um, when you're doing that, you can't deny that fact when you're you're doing a radio show or or whatever and and when you're channeling an angel live on that radio show, you can't say anything beyond that, but I, it's interesting. Um I found, actually, that when I started to be more authentically myself and when I started to allow other people to know 
that side of me. It made them, in almost every case, made them more interested because it was me that was doing that, because they've known me for so long as a different person. They've known me as that very, very down-to-earth Jerry that this was a part of their life they never would have imagined was going on with me. So, Mm -hmm. So that makes the topic a lot more approachable. I think okay. because when, when people when people get to know you and you're approachable as a person and they see themselves in you, then they see the they see more so the concept of the divine within themselves too. You know, I, right. I, I say it in the book um that w- at one point in the very early time I was doing this I asked Margaret the question of what <laughs> Why me? Like, what makes me special right, that right. you would talk to me? And Margaret's answer was absolutely nothing. That the concept is if people could see that you could do this, they would realize anybody could do it. Right, <laughs> and it was, right, and it was, right. She, wow. she says that with a sense of humor but truth at the right. same time because cause we all can. We all have that yeah. ability to communicate with our angels. So the, the concept of, of what her book is about um, the messages are about and the concept of what will happen in, in readings or what I talk about on the radio show isn't about looking to other people as always being um, the expert, but rather being able to, to recognize the, the divinity that's in yourself and, and empower yourself. So it's, a, it's, about, yeah. it's about empowering people to, you know, to realize that that they have these connections, you know. Well, what um, would you say, or what would Margaret say then, um, Jerry, to, because um, I had a conversation uh, not too long ago with someone, and um, their fear was, and you know, you, you try not to take on other people's fears, because, you know, I, I do believe when the scripture says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of sound, love and sound mind. But what do you mm-hmm. say to people who say that, well, you're, now you're a shaman, right, and um, you channel um, angels and things like that. Well, I have someone say to me before where, well, you have to be careful with that because, you know, they're dark spirits, you know, and they can disguise themselves as being angels and, and all of this, and you're attracting, you know, you don't know what you're attracting. So right. have you ever had to come across anything like that before? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And mm-hmm. and Margaret's response to that has been that you will always know when you're talking to an angel that that yeah. it's it's um, because the messages that will come through will come through completely surrounded in love. They're love totally non non judgmental, and they're mm-hmm. always expansive. They're never okay. they're they're never contracting thoughts. They're never thoughts that will say that you are better than another person. There's never a thought that will say your right. your religion is better than... thoughts. Right. Uh, they are right. always thoughts of love and always thoughts of how to expand your being and not contract your being or contract someone else's being, you know, mm-hmm. by, by restricting them in any way or... or right. um, you know, or, or doing anything that's fear-based. So, so you can kind of tell that because a, a, a fearful thought is always a constricting thought. A fearful right. thought is always something that's going to keep you from doing something, you know? Exactly. It's always something that's going to make you have concerns about where that loving thought might take you. 
Um, wow. But the loving thought is just it's it's inclusive and it's big and it's and yeah. and the non-judgmental part I think is the biggest part because when you when you have messages being channeled by an angel, you're they just have no ounce of judgment at all. Whatever right, the experience right. is, whatever you're going through, whatever you might really beat yourself up about, Margaret will be able to explain how that came to you as a way for you to develop your power as an individual. So there's no wrong experience that you go through. Even the things that you might think, oh my God, I should never have done this. She may say, yes, you might feel that that's something and you may have learned from that experience, but there's even more that you learn from it. And this this helped to form who you are, you know? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. I I love that. Yes, I love that. And li- as light workers, which we all are, um, and it's so important because you just know. I mean, you just know. You know when something is good, and you know when it's not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. You really do. Absolutely. You know, pretty much. So, yeah. so Angel, if you do, you have your question ready, or yes. Okay. It was funny because when you were talking, I was like, okay, oh my God, what do I ask? What do I ask? <laughs> First, I was going to ask about my career and. And then, you know, my healing work and all this stuff. And then this came to me, so I wanted to ask Margaret, because this is the most desirous question that I do have at this moment. When I'm doing Reiki or um, sometimes meditating or just sometimes out of the blue, I will hear from my angels. I may get an overwhelming sense of where I want. It could be a stranger or anyone or a friend or somebody, but I'll have an overwhelming sense of, like, um, I have a message for you, and I'll just touch their hands and, and I'll just listen. I know it's their angels and their guides giving me information for them. But sometimes when I'm just doing my day-to-day activities and I have asked the angels where I, I want to be sensitive to you all day long. I know you're with me, and I know it's not you, it's me. And I'm like, but help me where I'm so conscious of them, where I can feel them, hear them all day long, no matter what I'm doing. And I want to know what is it that I'm maybe not doing correctly, that I'm not getting that the way I want, and then what should I do? Or Because I know it's me. I know it's not them. So I hope I'm asking that the right way. Where you know. No, you're, you're, you're asking it fine. Um, let me do this. I, I want to just answer a part of that from from my my answer for you. And then what I would love to do, because I know we don't have tons of time left in the show, but what I would love to do is just take a minute to just go into a different space and let Margaret speak to the two of you directly. Okay. Okay. So, and, and listen, um, take your time because I can extend the show, so you don't worry about the time. Oh, I'll great. Just, you know, okay. I'll do you. Okay. okay. That's good. So, <laughs> so, just from my own point of view, um, you know, I, I mean, I do communicate with Margaret, but and there are times that she will kind of be more present if I'm if I'm struggling with a thought or something. But recognize that that because of your free will, when you're calling on angels, it needs to be that way. I mean, it kind of needs to be where you're calling for a specific purpose. Otherwise, then they're they're always in there, you know, providing information that you're not being able to to naturally do. It's kind of like, you know, when when you have a small child that you're teaching that child how to walk, it's not going to help the child to walk if you're always holding their hands, you know. So 
So you have to at certain times let go of their hands so that they can get that sense of balance to know how to be able to maneuver this themselves. But if the child reaches out to you to grab you, you're not going to let them fall down. You're going to reach out and you're going to grab their hand. And that's the same situation with angels. So when you're reaching out and you're in that space, you get that download, if you will, of, of information. Um, and sometimes you'll get it even if you're not asking for it when you're in that space of doing Reiki because that you're connected to the energy. You, you already have asked by getting involved in the session, you know? Um, you know, I, I mean, again, I, for me... I, I, man, I make tons of bad decisions so, <laughs> every day. So, and clearly, clearly, I would not do that if I had angelic guidance that was going on every single moment. But it would right. also kind of stop me from being able to learn anything from from making those decisions, you know, and and kind of learning from from how something's going to happen with that. And and the whole purpose of of being here is expanding the energy of your soul, is is working with that um, duality of energy, working with, with, with positive energy and, and negative energy, um, and being able to create some some kind of a balance. And, and just like that analogy of the child walking, when you learn your balance, that's when you're able to move forward. But you've got to be able to get that balance. So they'll help you when you're asking for help with that balance, but then otherwise you're, you're on your own, you know, trying to learn what you can learn and, and expanding your soul in the process. So, okay. so let me do this. Give me, does that make sense? Angel, is that yes, kind of what you were? Yes, getting? it does. Yes, it okay. Does. Mm-hmm. So Thank let you. me do this. Let me um, just take a minute and um, actually want to be a minute, just a couple of seconds just to get in the right space. And then I'm going to, let Margaret come through, and then she can speak to you, and you guys can interview her directly then, okay? Oh, wow, thank you. (laughs) Talking to an angel. Isn't that awesome? Actually, I'm talking to two angels, Angel. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, dear ones, and welcome. Angel and Lisa, it's so very, very nice to have the opportunity to speak to you tonight. I am... I was very excited as well as Jerry was excited to be a part of this program because I know for both of you, you communicate with your angels and you connect with your angels and your desire is to expand as much as possible other people's understanding to um, to connect with their angels. So, um, Angel, if I might expand on what Jerry was just saying for a moment. One of the things that sometimes I also, I think you were, you know sometimes also happens, and this this also, it speaks a little bit, Lisa, to the question that you were asking before as well, that sometimes when you're working with a client and there's a message that comes across from what you are perceiving as their angels or their guides or someone who's trying to share a message with them, that there's hesitation a lot of times to deliver that message for fear that maybe this person might not be receptive to the message or maybe it's not 
a clear message. Um, or maybe you're not getting the message correct and you want to make sure, well, if I'm going to deliver this message, let me make sure I'm getting it correctly. So maybe I better wait and see if it comes up again or something. Do you understand what I'm speaking mm-hmm. of? Yeah. So I want to urge you, and I'm also putting this, this message out to anyone else who is listening to your program, who who may be a a Reiki practitioner or a light worker, because when you speak of light workers, there are so many light workers who work in careers where they may not consider themselves to be light workers. There are there are light workers who are life coaches. There are light workers who are school teachers um, who are are so involved in the process of wanting to help someone to expand their knowledge of themselves. And when this happens and when you get these intuitive messages, it's so important to share them. It's so important to, to realize that like energy attracts like energy. So those people who are coming to you, who have sought your help, are coming to you because on an energetic level, even if their life circumstances are not exactly like yours, on an energetic level, they are coming from a very similar energetic situation as you are. And because of that fact, they are attracted to your energy, which makes them more receptive to you being able to make a suggestion than they might be to anyone else who might make that suggestion. So when you get it and you might think to yourself, why me? Think for a moment about when you have sought the advice of someone who may have been a total stranger. Have you ever had those moments, Lisa or Angel, where somehow you get involved in a conversation with someone you barely know and you're pouring your heart out to them and sharing with them information and and then after you've done it, you think to yourself, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. And, yet, mm-hmm. and yet that person says something back to you that touches your soul in a way that no one else in your circle of friends or family or business associates would have been able to do. Mm-hmm. And that's because at that given point in time, they're hearing the message that like energy that attracted the two of you together allows them to have that intuitive download or hit or however you might wish to describe it. And it allows them to just speak and and it allows you to hear. So I just want to urge the two of you as well as, you know, other people who would be listening to this program, regardless of your vocation, that when that feeling comes up in your heart that you know that there's something important that if you shared might really help this person even if their initial reaction might not be what you would hope it would be if it's something that's not coming from a place of judgment and it's coming from a place of love share that information with them so that does that make sense dear ones yes Oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. 
So what other questions might I be able to help you with tonight? Well, um, God, there's so many. I just, you know, just try to shoot one off the top of my head. Um, Angela and I are about to um, really open up our healing, um, uh, I don't even want to call it a business, but um, ministry. And we are um, just kind of looking for space and, and, you know, how do we get started in, in doing this. So I don't know if you have any suggestions or one of the things I'm getting is just do it, but do it, you know, we're we're just trying to get it all together. <laughs> so do you have any suggestions for us? <laughs> what I would suggest certainly is what you are saying is the just do it because clearly in the work that you're trying to do, you are doing work again that is based on helping people, expanding energy, um, empowering people, not necessarily exploiting a particular dogma, but rather trying to help people to understand their own their own being, their own essential connection to the Creator, and how everyone is equal and everyone is equally loved and cherished. So, I would definitely do what you're looking to do, but my suggestion would be to not necessarily look first towards your office space being something that you would do as a solo venture, but the possibility of sharing office space with another organization of a like mind. Um, In many situations right now, there are organizations who, particularly philanthropic organizations and healing organizations and other forms where economic situations have forced them to to need to look at other options to be able to share space. And right. not only sometimes is that a really good opportunity from a, a cost point of view for you, but it may also be a wonderful opportunity from an expansion of your message within another organization. So mm-hmm. I would consider to even look at the possibility of office space within an organization that might have a worldwide impact. So by that okay. I mean to look towards organizations who are who are philanthropic organizations or who are service organizations who are working within the world um, or even um, um, private nonprofit religious organizations who are doing a similar thing but who would be open enough to to having you share space and share a way to share a message. Um, awesome. I, think, I think that will help you to find a way to expand your message. I love that. Wow. I love yes, that. Yes, I think I love too. That. And you know what? I have a, a caller that's been sitting here waiting, listening very patiently. So, Jerry, would you mind me bringing this caller in and maybe, you know, um, she would have a question for Margaret as well? I would be very, very happy to answer your caller's question. Okay. Hold on one second. We're going to bring in this caller. Hello, caller with the area code of 847. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Thank you for taking my call. My name is Jill. Hi, Jill. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. 
Now, did you have a question for Margaret or Jerry? I do have a question for Margaret. Okay, go ahead. I come from a very difficult family, and my parents are gone, and I've been really trying to process a lot of abuse, and I have. And I'm still feeling kind of stuck, and do you see things getting better for me soon? Um, may, I, may I ask your name, your first name? Jill. Jill, Jill. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, Jill, the, the situation, whenever you are within a space where you've had abuse in your background, is such that you often will will find yourself in this situation of of recurring patterns of that abuse. Um, you may have found this in your life that because of the things that occurred, it's been very difficult for you to be able to trust and to be able to open up. Is is that not true? Yes. And this, Jill, has been and is the biggest issue for your being able to move forward because the difficulty is it is almost like this is a a catch-22 because in order for you to be able to have your love, to have your your life open up to to love and to abundance and to the energy that would take your life in a whole different direction, you have to be able to open up to the trust that that can happen. And in order to be able to open up to the trust that that would happen, you have to be able to convince your brain to help you to do so. And I, I say this, Jill, because the primary purpose of your brain is to protect your body. The primary purpose of your brain is to keep your body functional at all costs. At all costs, its job is to keep your heart going, keep your keep your energy flourish so that everything is, is going on. And it will do all different types of things in order for you to to be able to, to do that. And one of the things that it will do is it sets up memories of past situations where trust has turned out to be something that has been a problem for you. And when you attempt to expand your thinking and to expand love and to expand different things to allow yourself to trust, your brain will actually unconsciously work against you to keep that from happening because it knows that you had this traumatic situation in the past. So it will try to keep you from from moving in that direction. And what happens sometimes is that people will try, for example, affirmations to to convince the brain to work in a different way. And those statements may sometimes work, but sometimes they're not effective enough to change the thinking when something has been so profound in the past. So for that, I suggest, Jill, a couple of different things that I think would really help you. One, I'm actually going to suggest three things. One is a thing called affirmations. And if you're not familiar with this, it's a concept that has really been brought to the forefront by a man named Noah St. John. And affirmations are not Concept, not statements you say to your brain, 
but questions that you ask of your brain in order to get your brain to start to search for different answers. For example, when you are going through problems in relationships or money or anything of that nature, the questions you are constantly asking your brain is, why is it so hard for me to be able to pay the bills? Why is it so hard for me to find a person that I can love? Why is it so hard for me to be able to trust people? Or why can't people come into my life that are trustworthy? Do you understand what I mean so far, Jill? Yes. So when that happens and you ask that, what is essentially happening is your brain is calling up every cellular memory that it can that will prove this theory. It is as though you went to the computer and you Googled that question and you were looking for all that information. And just as with your computer, whatever the question is that you ask, the computer, the brain, will look for that answer. So in order to get a different answer, you need to begin to ask a different question. So that is where affirmations come in. And one of the quickest and easiest questions to ask, start with the very simple words, why is it so easy for, and then whatever it is. So for you, you would start to ask the question, why is it so easy for me to be able to trust people? Why is it so easy for me to bring trustworthy people into my life? Why is it so easy for me to overcome this energy from the past? Why is it so easy for me to draw to me people who are not abusive and who are loving? And that will start to make your brain go through any cellular memory for any time when someone like that has come into your life. And it will bring up your vibration. Because vibration, Jill, is what is key. Vibration is what causes that like energy to attract. So if you're vibrating at a certain level, the experiences that you keep drawing to yourself are those experiences of that particular level. So that's why it's so important to be able to to move your vibration in a different direction. So that's the first thing I would suggest. The second thing, Jill, is I would very much seek out the help of someone in your area that is a Reiki practitioner who could do Reiki on you and help you to soothe a lot of the energy within your body by bringing in outside life force that will be able to move into your body and help to heal a good deal of the cellular memory that's going on inside of your body. Um, I would also encourage, and I encourage this of everyone that I speak to, that beyond having your own sessions of going to a Reiki person is to be attuned into Reiki level one so that you can always, always, always do this on yourself. That you don't necessarily have to go to someone to have that Reiki energy, but that you can bring that energy to yourself every single day and every single evening and draw that life force into you. And the third thing is, this is a thing, about, it's called tapping. It's, it's actually got a more formal name of emotional freedom response. And that, that is 
a method of, again, communicating with your body by tapping on certain energetic meridians and making statements that tell your body that it's okay for you to recognize these situations that you've gone through so that it will release those memories and then bringing in other information that will allow you to... Um, to bring forth a more positive response. And what I would like you to do, Jill, if you would please write to Jerry. Um, you could write to him at Jerry, it's with a G, G-E-R-R-Y, at JerryGavin, G-A-V-I-N.com. Write him a note just reminding him of us speaking on this program. And he will send to you two... Um, MP3s of two what he refers to as shamanic tapping exercises that have to do with letting go of other people's energy that you're holding on to and bringing back soul pieces that you haven't been able to access because the energy of those people who perpetrated abuse on you is what is inside your system. And you would be able to, it's, it's guided tapping that will help you to tap through these two particular exercises to help to release some energy. And I think between these three things, Jill, you'll find a really drastic difference in how your energy begins to feel. Thank you. You're, you're very, very welcome. Thank you, Thank you so much. excellent. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I'll do that. I'll send you an email. Okay. Go in peace. All right, Joe. Thank you. Thank you you for calling in. All righty. Margaret, wow, that was absolutely awesome. I'm I'm sitting here listening to you. And, you know, um, I I do tapping myself, and I can um, testify to the fact that it works. It really, really works. So thank you, Margaret, for bringing that up into the conversation as well. You are very welcome. It, 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 It works because... It acknowledges the physical form. You, you, you came here to be physical human beings. You, you put that yeah. portion of the energy of your soul, which is immense, so you just took one portion of that energy to be in this particular physical incarnation in order to be able to have these experiences so that you could grow the energy of your soul from them but very often what happens is that people think that to be spiritual, they need to neglect or forget about the fact that they are physical beings. And all spirituality, all of your connecting to your spirituality needs to take place through first honoring this human form that you've taken. So that's why right. tapping is so effective and um, why Ricky is so effective when you're doing yeah. it because you're you're bringing that energy to the physical form and allowing it to tap into the universal healing that everything else in the the universe uses as well. Do you have any last question, dear ones? Um, I don't, Angel. Do you have anything? <laughs> I think we're going to have to have Margaret come back on and then share with I'll us again because. You. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all of my notes and I didn't even get through half of what I wanted to talk about. So um, we're going to have to get back with Jerry and just say, Jerry, um, 
we're going to have to have you come back (laughs) and share. You and Margaret come back with us, and I guarantee you we will have a whole host of questions uh, for (laughs) Margaret uh, to answer. And um, and Jerry, when um, we get off, go ahead. Thank you for that. I I would I would love to come back. Um, Oh my goodness! I think one of the things I I love having the opportunity certainly to, to, to channel Margaret live and be able to answer your questions for her or callers' questions. So, yeah, if you would like to, to make the time to do that again, I, I would love okay, to you know to what? do it. Okay, well, you know what? I'll, I'll give you this, and you don't, you know, it doesn't have to be answered tonight. You can send me an email, Jerry. But I'm just curious, well, does your angel know my angel? Do they get together? Do they communicate <laughs> with one another? You know, is it an angel party out there or something? <laughs> Because you, you know, know what? I know angels have a sense of humor because, I, I mean, oh I, gosh, I, yeah. they have to. I mean, I'm here, you know, so they've got to have sure. something. But, yeah, do they? I mean, I'm just curious about that. No, they absolutely do. And and the thing is also, you know, separately from from how humans are in terms of us, or, you know, we, we've got all these, like, little hierarchies and, you know, <laughs> yeah. who does this and who does that and whose specialty is what and, you know, they have that without the hierarchy. I mean, they do what they do because it's energetically what they are the strongest at doing, but there's no difficulty in in reaching out to someone else. I mean, Margaret has often said in, in readings where I'm, I'm speaking to someone, particularly when someone's going through a really hard time, and, and she'll say, speak to your angels, like just, you know, call them out and talk to them. And someone will say, well, I don't know who my angels are. And Margaret will say, then ask for me. You know, I will be there for you if you call wow. for me, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's no concept of like, you know, I'm going to step on another angel's toes or, or whatever. <laughs> right. it's, this, it's this very, you know, it's this very cooperative <laughs> environment. I, I would love to think that, you know, I mean, I've never asked her about that so far as party is concerned. <laughs> I, would, I would be sure. Angel that, party. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure when things happen in 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 ways where where you know things that they've been so working hard on to try to get messages through when when stuff happens and people hear them and they're they start making these changes that are changing their life and being happy you know you got to know that they're partying up there and so excited to <laughs> yeah. you know about the fact that that's yeah. happening you know yeah yeah and I you know so. and one quick last thing because we're going to um we're going to I'm just going to I I feel so guilty cuz I've kept you on so long but <laughs> um <laughs> Um, one of the things for me, um, and I just lost my thought, it was about the angels and um, them talking. Oh, as far as like, you know, m- most people don't even realize that they can talk to their angels and that we, we, are, we, we have free will and they will not intrude unless right. you ask them. You have to activate them. You know, right. and they want, they're, they're like, hey, look at me, you know, just ask me. All you have to do is ask. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, so, and, and they're they're yeah. thrilled, they're thrilled to be able to help because by doing that, you know, you've empowered them, and in that same rate, um, it works for other people as well. If you know someone that you know is not going to ask their angels for help, you can ask. I mean, okay, you can ask right. on their behalf. You're not yeah, you're right. not asking for a given outcome. You're not saying, you know hey, so-and-so's angels make him like me. You know, you're not right. doing that, but right. what you're saying is you can, you know, ask that angel, please, 
Can you help them to get through this situation? Can you, right. you know, Margaret has often said there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, Creator, could you send a legion of angels to help me yeah, today? Yeah. Cause, yeah. And, and when that happens, you know, when you picture the concept that you're asking for a legion of angels to surround you and lift your vibration, there's no way it's not going to happen. Because right. you, you've, you've asked for that. That energy is being Say answered. that again, Jerry. Say that again. People need to hear to that. To just say, please send me, Creator, God, Lord, whatever you, you, you say things as, um, universe, right. however you might word it, please right. send me a legion of angels mm. that can surround me and help me to raise my vibration yes. and help me yes. to get through whatever this situation is. Because if awesome. you can't raise your vibration, if you're surrounded right. by a vibration that's higher, that helps right. you to be able to do it. And if yes. you're in conflicts with people, you can ask for that same thing to happen, you know, with their, with that person's angels. You know, ask for them to be surrounded by a legion of angels to help to raise their vibration. Because right. again, it's 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 always about love and expansion. If you're sending, yes. if you're sending love, if you're sending you know that desire and the other thing kind of the difference between um when you're a body worker and you're doing reiki when you're doing reiki a lot of times you find that at the end of a session you might actually feel more energized than you oh, felt yeah. when you were going into that session yeah. whereas yeah. for a, for a massage therapist or a body worker who's just working with their energy they can come out of a session when someone is going through a really, really hard time, and they're exhausted because they've picked up that other person's energy, you know, and they're, they're, right. their muscles hurt, everything is going on. It's the same situation with angels. When, when yeah. we try to send our own energy, like when sometimes people will say, you know, I'm sending you love, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, ask for angelic help because you're not sending your energy at that point and asking right. things are answered very literally i mean energy responds to what you say when you say i'm right. sending you love you're doing that you know when you right. say i'm i'm sending you energy you're doing that when you ask right. angels please do this would you please help me to surround this person and lift their vibration and and give them additional energy that yeah. is a much more powerful thing than if you're just trying to do it on your own. Do it yourself, yes, because right. it will deplete right. you. Right. <laughs> you do feel drained. It will. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely will. Drain will you. You know? Yeah. So. Well, Jerry, thank you so much. My yes, goodness gracious, you. you you really yes. have um, enlightened us this evening uh, with yes. all of this wonderful uh, um, knowledge, and I'm, ex I'm so excited about your book and, and just where yes. you are right now. Um, and the miracles that continue to happen in your life. So uh, we have to have you Thank back. You. Please say you'll come back. I would, I would love to come back. And I wanted to just tell people, um, if, sure. if anyone out there, if you're looking for more information, um, the book's uh -huh. available on Hay House. It's Messages from okay. Margaret. Um, it's actually available also on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, Shameless plug. It makes a wonderful Christmas gift. <laughs> oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yes, uh, please get the also, book. 
Also, um, if you want any other information about any of this, if you could um, just come to my website. It's, it's jerrygavin.com. It's Jerry with a G, G-E-R-R-Y, G-A-V-I-N.com. And there's information there for people if they would like to have a, a personal reading with Margaret, you know, a one-on-one reading to, to help them. Um, there's information awesome. about all kinds of different things. So, um, And now, I would you love to be back page? on. I do. And the Facebook page okay. is actually... Uh, Facebook.com, I guess it is, slash messages from Margaret. Okay, wonderful. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. JerryGavin.com, messages from Margaret. It's on Amazon and in Barnes & Nobles. Please get the book. And like he said, it would be a wonderful, wonderful Christmas gift um, for anyone to have. Jerry, thank you so much again. Uh, Thank you. um, I will be back in touch with you because I personally just want to have a conversation with you one-on-one. (laughs) <laughs> Great. I would love to. And please keep up keep up the stuff you're doing. I, I would love, Angel, if you wouldn't mind also, if you guys would send me some information about your organization, I, I would love to hear more about it because it sounds oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, okay. wonderful. Okay. Thank you. All right. Yeah, thank thank you. All right, Jerry. Take care. Right. Happy thank holidays you. to you. You too. Good night. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> wow, that was completely wow. awesome. That was awesome. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, on and on and on. I know, oh I know, I know. We're going to have to we're going to have to find out um I, I have it in his bio exactly where Jerry is located and Angel, we're going to have to make a trip. Oh, I would love to go to one of his workshops. Yeah, um, meet yeah, him personally yeah. and just continue yeah. in sharing um, because I know, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't. I no, don't believe that there no. are any. And I no. know that um, I was, look, you ready for this? Okay, here we go. Let me tell you how I, I actually uh, learned about Jerry and got him on the show. I was um, going after uh, Doreen Virtue. Um, okay. to come on to be a guest. And she's also an author at Hay House. But, you know, we love uh-huh. Doreen. We, ha- you, we have her yeah, cards. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> we do. You do readings from her cards. Yeah. So, um, and in, in trying to get her, she was very busy, and she will be on sometime at the, the beginning of um, hopefully the first half of next year. But um, the, her publicist was like, well, you know what? Would you be interested in speaking with Jerry Gavin? And she sent me all this information. I got the book. I read it. And I'm like, okay, really? This is like divine because I would not have heard of him otherwise. um, And I'm just so grateful for him taking the time to share with us. Yeah, so wow. So we. Spirit, could she not feel his spirit? I mean, as soon as he just started talking, we came on. Yeah. Spirit, oh, so if you're still listening, Jerry, your spirit I know. is awesome, awesome, awesome. And we, I just also wanted to personally just thank Margaret for just yeah. taking the time to want to talk to all of us, the listeners, yeah. us just to share. And I'm yeah. so humbled by this experience, grateful and yeah. just loving the moment that we are in. So I just wanted to put, say that as well. I didn't, I didn't want the show to end without me saying that. Oh well, awesome. yeah. Well, you know what? We are gonna we're gonna find out. You know, get more information. We'll keep in touch with Jerry, and um, like I said, we will make a trip and attend one of his workshops. I think it would just be, you know, yeah. an awesome experience. Yeah, awesome yeah. experience. So, well, that concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in with us. So, I'm a shout out to my family who are always loving and supporting me, and also to my friends and colleagues in all of my social networking sites. Um, Angel, 
Wow. A big thank you to you yeah. for coming on again <laughs> and sharing your wisdom with us. For knowledge is power, and when we know better, we do better. Also, don't forget to stop by my website, yourdestinywaste.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash a date with destiny 101. And follow us on Twitter at least L-Y-S-E 101. We will be back on Monday, December the 16th at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. So your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first because after all, you owe it to yourself to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone.